Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We worship you. Thank you for your many blessings, God. We give back to you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You are worthy of it. Amen. Kids' church is dismissed. Amen. And we want to turn to the scriptures, Luke, the first chapter. Turn to verse 26, Luke 1 and 26. The sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. The angel came in unto her and said, Hail thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee, blessed art thou among women. When she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. Amen. And uh, the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Highest. The Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. Shall reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom. There shall be no end. Then Mary said unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? Angel said unto her, uh, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Behold thy cousin Elizabeth, she has also conceived a son in her old age. This is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. For, God, for with God nothing is impossible. Doesn't matter what it is. Nothing is impossible with God. We want to get him involved in our situation. Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. The angel departed from her. Amen. So I want to speak to you today. Uh, Mother's Day, we're going to learn from a mother who said these few words, Be it unto me. Be it unto me. And those, those four words, little words, carry so much weight. That if we can learn to say that, that very thing, amen, our life would be that much better. Amen. Amen. Turn to a few people and greet them in Jesus' name as you're seated today. Amen. In honor of Mother's Day today, uh, according to uh, the records that we have, um, honoring the mother who gave birth to the most children is Miss Vassal Viv of Russia. She had 69 children. 69 children. God bless her. All of them uh, from 1725 to 1765, 40 years, had 69 kids. You do the math there. Can't even, uh, can't even process that. And yet she lived her whole life with that. So today, Mother's Day, is the busiest year in America's restaurants. You might find out or not, but in case you didn't know, uh, if you don't have reservations, you'll probably be waiting a long time somewhere. Uh, of all the flowers bought for holidays, 
25% are purchased today or for Mother's Day. 50% of households give Mother's Day cards. Over 150 million cards are given out today. The amount of money spent on Mother's Day in the United States is approximately $14 billion. Uh, I don't know when that was according to, but, uh, you know, inflation, we'll just go ahead and double that since everything's doubling. It's probably more like $28 billion now. More long-distance calls will be made today than any other day in the year. The peak time for these calls are between 1.30 and 3.30 in the afternoon. 120 million phone calls will be made. Uh, it is quite the day. And being a mother is hard work. I see from that uh, experience uh, with my wife, 72% of moms with children over one years old um, uh, work a, a full-time job and they spend 13 hours working at the office or at home on family chores and just because you get home from your, your job doesn't mean your job is over. You've got your other job at home. Amen. And uh, mothers uh, do so much, and they do it uh, selflessly and uh, with, uh, without the credit they deserve. And one day of the year is not going to make up for it. It should be all the time that we uh, honor them. By the baby's second birthday, the average is they have changed 7,300 ba- uh, diapers. Preschoolers require mom's attention once every four minutes or 210 times a day. Talk about being interrupted every four minutes. For many of us, our mothers were like superheroes with all kinds of superpowers. They seem to have eyes in the back of their head. I only have two this way. They always know when you have done something wrong. They know when to hug you, and they know when to scold you and to get on to you. Mothers also have a unique wisdom that helps their children navigate through life. They have a way of saying things that really drive uh, the point home. Have you ever heard your mother use these words or wisdom? I brought you in this world so I can take you out. Now, only her and God can say that, right? And I think if she decided to do that, God would probably be like, okay, I'm not getting in the way of that. Not getting in the way of mom. Keep it up and I'll give you something to cry about. Mom or dad, I guess, sharing that phrase, wisdom. No means no. If Johnny jumped off the bridge, would you jump also? Don't let me have to come up there or come over there. The influence of a mother is far-reaching. Her hand can just reach into the other room and grab a hold of you. So quick. Abraham Lincoln said, no man is poor who has a godly mother. Amen to that. The amount of prayers, the amount of prayers our mothers have prayed for us, we don't even know. Amen. And we are blessed, amen, to have uh, mothers. Ronald Reagan said, no nation is ever greater than its mothers. 
the Jewish rabbis, they have a proverb that said, God cannot be everywhere at the same time, so he made mothers. We obviously know that's kind of tongue-in-cheek there, but uh, mothers have a special place in our society. They, they can set the tone for the home and the family. You may have heard this saying and lived it and experienced it, if mama ain't happy, nobody's happy. And so with all of those uh, great powers a mother has, uh, one of the greatest things that we learn from mothers is that a mother is selfless. A mother is selfless. We've always known our mothers as our mother. She's always been there for us to nurture and to look after us. It's like mom is always there, the one person that we can count on. She is just always there. And as we fight our way through life, we chase after our dreams and our aspirations and our goals and what we want to do with our life. But what about our mother? Have we ever thought about her and her dreams, her visions and aspirations that she may have had one day before you and I ever came along? I'm sure she had dreams and uh, goals of her own, but we may not even know what they were because you, one day you and I came along. And all of a sudden, priorities change, uh, things happen, and uh, you, mothers make that selfless sacrifice for uh, the family and children. And as swiftly her dreams and goals, they suddenly take a backseat, and may they may never even be, get picked up again. But uh, who, who knows what they they may have been? We are we we weren't just an obstacle that appeared in her life. And sadly, uh, many mothers today view uh, children as an obstacle, and they go and they take care of that and get the obstacle out of the way. And uh, God, uh, uh, God have mercy on all of those. Uh, that do such a thing, but there is repentance uh, and there is a safe place in the house of God. Uh, no, doesn't matter what people can do. We cannot get so far from God where his grace will not pull us back. His mercy is there for everybody. Uh, where sin does abound, grace does much more abound. And so there is plenty of grace for every single person, and we are all blessed to be here and to be a part of that. Amen. And so... Uh, mothers are selfless. Uh, selflessness abounds uh, because you and I are here. We are examples of selflessness, not because of anything we think we have done, simply because we are here and our mothers have given up so much for us uh, uh, to be here. Uh, every now and, the, now and again, we, we, we have grown up and uh, we've moved out of our house and we, we become fathers or parents of ourselves. And when we go back to our mother's house, uh, uh, the thing that she was working on, whatever it was, whatever chore or project or whatever she was, suddenly takes a back seat whenever we come through the door. Because our mothers are selfless. Her children become her priority and everything else gets moved out of the way. And see, Mary, she was just uh, another girl, another maiden, nobody really special, except the fact that she was highly favored by God. 
And that, you cannot put a price tag on that. You cannot uh, buy favor like that from God. No, that only comes through humility and service and being uh, selfless. Can you get the favor of God upon your life? She wasn't rich. She wasn't born into a wealthy family where she can get this favor. Uh, she got the attention from the one who owns a cattle on a thousand hills. She was poor, but she got the attention of the Almighty God. And it doesn't matter where you've come from or what your family has been. I want to get the attention of God in my life, and I need his favor today, now more than ever before. It doesn't matter how many times God has touched my life or has blessed me in the past. I need a fresh touch today. I need a fresh uh, pour outpouring of his spirit in my life today. I want more more of God, and I need more of his favor today now than more than ever before. And so Mary wasn't out to create a name for herself. When the angel greeted her, you are highly favored among women, uh, she's like, I, what do you mean by that? Is that? Some people would take that and run with that, right? But she said, what do you mean? That's, who are you talking to? Are you talking to me? Uh, she, uh, uh, she was not out to create a name for herself, but she was trying to find her place in this world. But the one who created the very world got her attention. She got his attention, and she found favor with him. Uh, I don't know about you, but uh, I need a little bit more of God's attention in my life uh, and, and to help me get through my, my, my day, my situation, my problem. I don't want to forsake God. I, I want to draw close to God whenever I am in need of something, and not just when I'm in need, but I want to go to him just because he is worthy. Like we sang today, he is worthy no matter what's going on in my life. On the mountaintop and in the valley, my praise should still stay the same. It does not change because God does not change. Amen. And we need more of him in our life. And if we follow the actions of this mother, Mary, the one that is blessed among all women, our life will be better off if we learn from this mother today who said, be it unto me. She was a young lady of such a pure character that Heaven's search committee shut down when they found her. They said, it's over. The search is over. We have found the one woman that was going to implement and we're going to use God's perfect plan. Can you imagine uh, the committee, the searching, how many, how many candidates there might have been? But when they came to Mary, they said, this is the one. And that's what we need to get to the place where God says, hey, I've got so much for you. I've got a purpose and a plan for your life. Don't, don't listen to what anybody else has to say. You listen to me. I have the favor upon you and I want to implement my plan and my uh, will in your life, but we have to be willing to say, as Mary said, be it unto me. She was a godly Hebrew girl whose reputation and standing in the community was about to be sacrificed. Doesn't matter how great of a girl she was at school or what her reputation was or in her community, her friends, and obviously it had to be an upstanding uh, 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 reputation and her character was flawless. Uh, all of that was getting ready to be thrown on the altar because of a prophecy that said the Savior must be born of a virgin. 
And whatever dreams that Mary had, we're going to come to an end really quickly here. She bore a child unlike any other, and then she raised him like any, uh, just like any other child. She led him into the work which he was born to do, and then she followed him up the hill for which he was born and where he was born to die. She watched a spear pierce his side, and simultaneously she felt a sword pierce her own soul. She mourned at a closed tomb, but only three days later she started celebrating from an empty tomb. She watched Jesus disappear into the clouds, but then she rejoiced again at his return in a mighty rushing wind in the upper room on the day of Pentecost. And so uh, she, she lived a life of up and downs and, and disappointments and heartaches, but she was also blessed beyond measure. And what we can learn from Mary today is that if we can learn to say what she said, be it unto me, that no matter what your plan is for my life, God, I want it to be done. God, if you say give this up, I say, okay, Lord, be it unto to me because my will and my opinion doesn't matter when I say the words, be it unto me. That's how you know you are truly submitted to the will of God when you say, be it unto me, because that means God can do anything. If you really say, be it unto me, Lord, according to your will, then it doesn't matter what he does or doesn't do. It doesn't matter what he fixes or doesn't fix. It doesn't matter what he heals or he doesn't heal. When we have that attitude of a, a selflessness that says, be it unto me, God, we are literally asking him to do whatever he wants with us. And that is what we learn from Mary is she said that. She's whatever you want to do, God. I want your will to be done in my life. And so those uh, are the examples of uh, of this woman who was blessed beyond all women. They, uh, uh, she is uh, something to look forward to and learn from today. Uh, we we can only strive to be like her and to live the life that she uh, of sacrifice she led. But uh, all the sacrifice she gave up, I know that God blessed her more uh, abundantly because of that, and she certainly qualifies to be a heroine in the scriptures. Although she is mostly looked upon as the mother of Jesus, she was more than his earthly mother. She became a servant and a follower and a believer of Jesus. She was a faithful follower and believed in God's will for him. And she had more faith at times than his, than his apostles did. There was, a, there was a wedding one day, and they, they ran out of wine, and who shows up to Jesus? His mother, Mary, says, go and, go, and, go and do what you need to do, Jesus. And he says, woman, it's not my time. And, and here she had, she had faith uh, to ignite and, and to start uh, uh, Jesus on his ministry, uh, and even more faith than his apostles did at many times, most of the time. Even at his crucifixion, who was all there? There wasn't very many people of his followers there. Mary was there, and we were told that John was there, but everyone else were scattered off hiding somewhere because she said, be it unto me, 
and she wanted his will to be done, and whatever, whatever that played out in her life, she had no idea what the details were. She didn't, she didn't know what, how God was going to mold her, shape her, what God was going to add or take away to her life, but she, she had that humble servant uh, mentality and said, God, whatever it is, I, I want it in my life, and I need it in my life. And so uh, we need to learn to, to speak those very words and not just say the words, but, but to, to lay prostrate before the Lord and, and to speak that and say, God, whatever it is that you want in my life, be it unto me. Because if God, if we truly lay ourselves on the altar and say, God, be it unto me, he's going to start cutting away some things. And we may, it may be painful at times. It may hurt, but we got to trust in God that he knows what he's doing because we are the ones that said, be it unto me. And if he's taken it away, he knows that we can do without it. We're the ones who think we need to hold on to these things. And God say, no, why don't you give those things up and let me do a greater work in you. If you want to see something great in your life, you need to learn to say this to, to God, be it unto me according to your will. And when God gives instruction, we, we should obey it and not analyze what kind of response we should give, which we tend to do a lot. Because we have our perspective, we have our, our brain and uh, all, all of our intelligence and wisdom. And so when God speaks to us and, and we're processing what he's saying, uh, a lot of times we want to interject and we want to give our opinion on it and, and say, well, Lord, how about this and this and this or, or talk with them about this. But we don't see Mary doing this, do we? She just said, be it unto me. And I think the quicker that we learn to say that and to live that out in our life, the, the, the quicker that we're going to see God do great things in us because I believe God's trying to transition us and move us from one place to another, and we can't be asking questions all along the way and stopping. When are we going to stop at the rest stop? And can I go to the bathroom, God? No. All we need to learn to say is, be it unto me, God. It doesn't matter. I don't know what the, tomorrow holds, but, hey, I know you hold tomorrow, and I know you've got great things in store for me so be it unto me God whatever pain or suffering or whatever I have to give up I want to do that because I know you're going to do it uh, make things good for me and that's the hard part is letting go and and saying those things be it unto me because that means we have no control in it right that means we're not giving opinions along the way and saying God stop doing that or this and that or crying or complaining or murmuring uh, along the way. When we say, be it unto me, that's, that settles it, and we just, we're waiting for God to do what he wants to do. Submission forfeits the right to demand a certain outcome. And so when, if we truly submit to God and his will, then whatever happens is happening according to his will, not ours. We have no, we have no more opinion when we submit. We, we, we may voice our opinion, but again, it, as I mentioned earlier, it doesn't really matter because if, if we don't worship him, the rocks are going to take our place. That's really where our opinion is, is beneath a rock. And so if we learn to uh, submit as Mary did, uh, the will of God will be done in our life, and we will see uh, things greater than ever before. And so the problem is, is that we, we, we may say that, but actually living that out and, and letting go and letting God have his way is where uh, we have to deal with that each and every day. 
the result of Mary saying these words would result in her and tarnishing of her reputation. Bearing the harsh words and stares of her friends, her family, her peers, this once uh, precious young uh, godly woman, now all of a sudden things are changing. Her reputation is being tarnished now all because she said, be it unto me, Lord. Few of us have been asked to pay what Mary was asked to pay. And yet many of us have failed to quickly and completely say uh, yes as she did. We, uh, she went through so much to, to, to get where she went, and yet uh, God may not even ask us to do such uh, sacrifice, and yet sometimes we struggle with whatever God asks us to do. All because, again, we're not really saying, be it unto me, God. We're still holding on and still trying to work things out in our life, but the sooner we let go, uh, the sooner we can see things happen in our life. And in order to comprehend what Mary must have gone through, um, it's necessary to realize that the anticipation of the Messiah's arrival was, was there. It was a, was a daily hope for the nation of Israel because they were under Roman rule um, and the people of Israel were looking for their Savior, the, the prophecies, they're waiting for their Messiah to come and, and to deliver them, their Redeemer, to, to help uh, them uh, bring them out from their uh, oppressors and to be their own people and their own nation. And so it was always there, when is the Messiah coming? We, when is the prophecies of Isaiah going to come to pass? And we're looking for it. And so... Uh, Mary, uh, she obviously was a, a faithful Hebrew girl, and she longed to see uh, the, the promised one as well, uh, if it would be in her day. She probably had never in her wildest dream imagined that she would be the one that was selected and chosen to bring this miracle baby into the world. And while this high honor was just that, there were other considerations to make. And Mary immediately realized that to carry a child at this point in her life would raise a lot of questions. And her, her reputation is now going to be on the altar. It's impossible to answer to anyone who had not heard the angel Gabriel. I mean, what is she... Uh, you know, you have the, the excuse, the dog ate my homework. Well, what happened, Mary? Well, this angel came and told me that I'm going to have a baby. How, how well is that excuse going to work? And so Mary was supposed to, uh, was engaged to Joseph, and this announcement from Gabriel about her becoming pregnant by the Holy Ghost would bring a lot of changes to Mary's life. And would Joseph believe her story? We know that he didn't believe her. At first, would this decision cause Joseph to break up with her? He was already planning on it, to do it privately and said, hey, we're, we're, we're got to part ways. Uh, what was her family going to say about this? What would her neighbors think and her friends think? Would, would somebody charge her as being an adulteress and, 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 and face that reputation? All of these things Mary would have to deal with if she agreed to what Gabriel was saying for her. 
And so you can expect to, uh, to let God's will be done. You can't expect God's will to be done in your life without him disrupting some of our plans. That's the problem I think we have a lot is we want God to do a lot of things in our lives, but we want him to fit within our schedule of how things are already going in our life. We've got, already got things worked out, God. And then if you can do your will, God, between 2 and 2.30 today, everything going to be fine and I can go on with my day. But if we want a, a miracle to happen in our life, we got to be willing to say, God, here, take my schedule, take my day, be it unto me, God, whatever it is that you want to be done to me today, this is what your will is for my life, and we've got to let go of whatever we have uh, put together in our mind, and we're so comfortable where we are at that we can't see the miraculous, we can't get to the next level, the next phase in God, until we learn to say, be it unto me, Lord, I'm going to release myself, I'm going to release my will, my desires, my plans, and my aspirations so that I can see your will be done in my life. So many people want the blessings of God, but they aren't willing to make the necessary changes in their life in order to receive them. We want it all, but we don't want to give anything up. We don't want to change anything. We don't want to sacrifice anything, but yet we want everything uh, to be given to us and handed to us. And, and so what happens is uh, people assess their situation, just like Mary had to do. They have to look at all the changes that they're going to have to make and, and the consequences of those things. They realize that their life is going to be turned upside down. They think about how it will affect their current relationship if they say yes to God's will and his word. And they wonder what their neighbors are going to think and their friends and family will say if they, uh, if they see us surrendering to God and, and going to the, the, the evil church, Brother Pearl. And uh, the, 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 those all factors, they, they're, they're, they come into our minds. And uh, to some, they count the cost, and the cost is just too great. The cost is too great, and God is just asking too much of them. And so they can't commit, and they can't make the change, and, and they know that they're not living right, but the cost of change is too great, and they, they can't put down the cigarettes or alcohol, and they can't end those relationships and uh, that is not good for them. And so instead of allowing God to change their life, they allow their life to change their eternity. Luke 14, 28, for which of you intending to build a tower sitteth not down first and counteth the cost, whether he have a sufficient to finish it, lest haply after he had laid the foundation is not able to finish it, all that uh, began to uh, begin to mock him, saying this man began to build and was not able to finish it. And so this happens at a, a rather quick, quick pace and quick decision a lot of times when people come to a church come to an apostolic church and they see a bunch of crazies uh, dancing and shouting and, and, and uh, acting crazy in this place. And uh, this decision process happens really quick. And they're saying, well, I'm not going to join these people. I'm not, whatever, they, whatever they've done, I'm not going to, I don't want to hear about it. I, wanna, I don't want to join them. And so uh, the cost is too great when they don't even really understand what the whole cost may be and how little God really asks of us in return for what we get. Uh, aren't you thankful God just uh, asked for what he asked for right now? And he, he could have demanded so much more, right? 
after all that we get in return, uh, I think the price of admission should be a whole lot higher, but I'm thankful he allowed us to come in, to come as we are, amen, to lay down all of our sins. We had nothing to offer God, but he said, hey, whatever you have, I'll take it. Whatever cares you have, I'll take it. Whatever sickness, whatever problems, whatever addictions you have, you come and give that to me, and I'll give you the oil of joy for mourning. I'll give you happiness. I'll give you a blessing. I'll turn your your tears into joy. I'll turn your tears into laughter. You see, well, we, we are truly are a blessed people, and so we need to say, God, be it unto me according to your will so that I can see you, your hand in my life even more. What God has given us so far, we, 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 should, we have enough to serve him the rest of eternity and not even pay for what God has done, right? We truly are blessed, and so when God, the problem is, is we get so caught up in being blessed that God says, hey, now's the time to move on to another place. We get all selfish, and we get stingy with God's blessings, and where we're at, say, no, God, I, I want to be here, and, and God says, that's, uh, that's not meant to be permanent. You got to go to a new place, and we start, our attitudes start coming, and that's where we've lost, be it unto me, because now it's... It's, it's all about me once we arrive at a certain place. And if we allow the will of God to change our plans, yes, we're going to face criticism. Yes, we'll face adversity. We'll see relationships fall away. We'll see what, what friends are, are really your true friends. Uh, you'll hear people talk about you. You'll, hear, you'll face all of that, but you're going to be a blessed above all others. You're going to have the favor of God with you. You're not going to be forsaken by God, and heaven's going to be your home, and God will take care of you. He'll watch over you and provide for you. If you're willing to give up and go through a little bit of hardship, God will make sure he'll take care of you. And still, for many, the criticism weighs more than their cross. Luke 14, 27, whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. The cross is heavy. It's a burden that we all have to care. But some people think that the, the opinion of others is heavier than the cross. And so they say, well, I'm not picking that up. I can't, I can't deal with that. It's just too much to give up, too much to sacrifice. Uh, and so they turn away disappointed in their life. But Mary had to bear her cross in life, but she got to be the mother of Jesus. Just to think of all the things that you have given up for God. God's keeping track. He knows what you've given. He knows what you've sacrificed. He knows the prayers that you prayed. He sees every tear that you've shed. And he's keeping track and he's going to bless you for your sacrifice and your faithfulness. So now's not the time to give up. Now's the time to say, God, be it unto me. Let your will be done and help lead me through where you're taking me so I can see a new thing happen in my life. So you have to get out of your comfort zone and you have to step out in faith in order to receive what God has in store. you got to be willing to put your reputation and your life at stake as Mary did when she said, be it unto me. Those few words, four little words meant so much because her life literally was turned upside down. Sure, there's going to be a lot of unanswered questions that are going to come with God's promises. 
We just have to learn to trust in him that he knows what he's doing and just respond to the call as Mary did and say, be it unto me, Lord, according to thy word. She didn't say, okay, Andrew, uh, Gabriel, give me a few minutes, give me a couple days, let me think about this. Her response was immediate, be it unto me according to thy word. She didn't put a little asterisk at the end. She didn't write yes uh, with a little one down at the bottom with a, with a footnote. She, she, uh, she didn't negotiate. She didn't add any conditions. I'll do this, God, if you do this. God, do this first, and then I'll give you a response, or uh, then I'll answer you, God, if you do this. No, she didn't have none of that. She didn't respond anything like that. Uh, she didn't bargain for a different outcome. She didn't even say, let me talk with my fiancé about this. This decision is definitely going to impact him. Let me get his thoughts on this. She didn't, have, she didn't respond to any of that said. She simply responded quickly with a yes, be it unto me. And that's what God is looking for for us today is just a yes. Uh, well, can he have his way in our life? Yes, Lord, be it unto me. Can I remove this out of your life? Yes, Lord, be it unto me. Will you give this up for me? Yes, Lord, be it unto me. And if we learn to respond as Mary did, we're going to see the, th the hand of God move in our life more than ever before. And we'll see things we've never seen before. She made a commitment to the Lord, and she had encountered few crossroads. And in the valley of decision, she wanted to do the Lord's will. And she said, yes, Lord, be it unto me. And so when it came time to say yes again, uh, this probably wasn't the first time that she had said yes. I mean, being submitting herself to the law of Moses and uh, the word of God, she had to uh, obviously had to have the submissive spirit and, uh, and selfless uh, person and, and given herself to God. And so uh, it's easy, it was easier for her to say, be it unto me, because the more you say yes to God, the easier it is to say yes again. The longer you keep that yes momentum going up, the easier it is to continue saying yes. But what happens is we'll say yes and we'll start doing something, and then all of a sudden the next day opportunity comes up, and we don't really respond as quickly with a yes. We'll pause or we'll think about, God, let me get back to you or all these things. And what happens is there's space that is uh, going in between the yeses. Uh, and pretty soon it's easier to say no when it's been so long since we said yes. But if we're always saying yes, yes, be it unto me, the more we say yes to God, the easier it gets to resist uh, sin and resist the devil. The more sensitive we get to God is because we're saying yes to him and we're saying be it unto me. And the more sensitive we get to God, the harder it becomes for the devil to get us to fall. But when we're, when we're responding to God and we pause, and God, let me think about it, that gives the devil an opportunity, doesn't it, to come in and put some thoughts in our minds and sow some seeds of doubt and 
but if we learn to respond quickly and immediately, we don't get to hear the devil's opinion because we know the devil's opinion is never a good opinion, and why do we even listen to it? Why do we allow it into our minds and process it? No, if we just learn to say yes quickly, the devil doesn't have a chance to, to give his opinion because we've already committed ourselves to God to saying, be it unto me according to your will. And so judging by Mary's quick response, it would seem like she's probably said yes before to God. And she's always been saying, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. And so we need the people of God to just say yes to the Lord and stop arguing with him and start uh, uh, trying to change his plan and just let God have his way. And then we can look back and say, why didn't I do that earlier? Why didn't I just give in earlier? Why didn't I just surrender myself earlier? Because I wish I had been here a long time ago, but God was trying to lead us and prod us in that direction. But we drag our feet and we're not saying be it unto me. And we want our our, 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 our ideas and details to, to play out and are not. And so we drag our feet. But not Mary. She said, be it unto me. We, we often are much like the two boys who entered the dentist's office. The first little boy looked at the dentist and said, my name's Brandon and I want a tooth taken out right away. I don't want any gas. I don't want it to be deadened. We're in a hurry I need a tooth taken out right away. And the dentist said, well, Brandon, you're a, you're a brave young man. Which tooth is it? And then Brandon turned to his little friend and said, show the man your tooth. You see, that's how we are often with God, aren't we? That we want this to be done immediately. We want this. And, and then God says, uh, uh, what, what, what tooth you want to take out? Well, that's not me. And then God says, well, you need to sacrifice this. And we're like, well, wait, wait a minute, God. I just came in here to, to, to get a blessing, to get this done, and uh, I didn't expect you to, to ask me to pay for something or with a sacrifice or an offering. And so what happens is we, 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 we get too selfish about our wants and desires, and it doesn't mix up with God's will. And so we, something's got to give, something's got to surrender. And the sooner that we learn to surrender and say, be it unto me, the better off that we are going to be. Well, gladly... Uh, back a cause, back a plan that doesn't disrupt our plan. It doesn't, uh, I don't have to change anything. Oh, yeah, I'm for that. Doesn't really affect me. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll get, uh, I'm, I'm all for that. We'll, 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 we're fully supportive with projects and ideas that cost us nothing. We're all in on that. But when it comes to us... God asking us to give something and uh, we're going to face a, uh, some hardship along the way, then we're really not 100% involved in, or, or wanting in it. Uh, but let something require our personal sacrifice and, and suddenly we don't have the time now. We were all for that project because it didn't affect me, it didn't cost me anything, but now this thing uh, actually has an impact on my life and I, well, pastor, I'm too busy, Sorry. Or I'm not available now, and uh, let's try again some other time. Uh, be it unto me according to thy word. We've got to make up our minds today that that is what our response is going to be. That's what our response should be each and every day. Because whenever God comes to us, be it today or tomorrow or next year, 
whatever God says to do, we need to just learn just to do it and just trust in God and to go forward in God because we know that whatever it is, ultimately deep down we know it's, it's going to be better for us, but we just don't want to go through that process. I think we know it's going to be better because God's not gonna ever going to ask us to do something that's going to, uh, you know, be worse off for us. It's always going to be better for us, but yet we don't want to go through the through the the trans uh, the transition. We don't want to go through the, the the pain and the hardship to get there. But we know it's we know what's good for us, and that's where training ourselves to respond to God, saying, "Be it unto me." Uh, the more we say that, and the more we do that, the easier it becomes just to follow God and let His will be done. May musicians, if you would come. As much as Mary must have thought, surely there could be a better time for this. Any other day, any other time, I would gladly do it. But Mary knew that whatever the Lord says, that she needed to do it. So the more that we say yes to God, we'll get to see him perform miracles that we've never seen before. But if we're constantly telling God, no, not now, not, now's not a good time, then we're not going to see as many miracles as God wants us to see. And so if we say yes to God, he will be more willing to say yes to us. The more we say yes to God, the more he may say yes to us. Because if we draw nigh to God, he will draw nigh to us. And so the, the better off that we are responding to his will and his word, uh, the better off that we are going to be and the quicker that we're going to see uh, God do something in our life. And all because uh, of Mary's selflessness does she have this response. And so... Uh, we need to get rid of our selfishness and to learn to be selfless uh, like Mary, the mother of Jesus. And, and so uh, nothing has ever required God to get off his throne until he saw you and me. He sat on his throne and he sits there and he rules and he speaks, and the worlds came into existence. And, and he didn't have to get up and do anything. He just spoke, let there be light, and let, let the lands come, and the seas form, and let the heavens separate, and all these things. All of those were just spoken words, but uh, until he came to us, that's when he actually got off his throne, and he formed us from the dust of the earth, and he breathed into us the breath of life, and man became a living soul. And not just at our creation, but also uh, in order to save us, he also needed to get off his throne as well. He knew that he would have to get off his throne and to robe himself in flesh and to become a man and to die for you and me. The, the only God, as powerful as he is, he put himself aside in order to save his children. And so when we think of our mothers, I can't help to think how much she shows us how, 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 how good God is, how, how selfless God is, because our mothers are, are selfless when they come to their children. And, and just a, it's just a, a small glimpse of, of how, how, how our God is and how loving our God is. As much as our, our mothers love us, God loves us even more. Whenever you did something bad or... You got into trouble. You broke, maybe you broke something around the house. Who did you hope found out about it first? 
Most of us probably would say, we hope mom found out. Who did you pray would pick you up from school, your mother or your father? I would say we'd probably say, we hope we ran into our mother first. And we'd, we'd, we'd cried and we wept and we poured our heart out to her. Why? Because we know that there is something about a mother's love for her children. We know that there's nothing that's going to get in the way uh, of, of her love for her children. She has an unconditional love for her kids. That's why we all hope that mother would find things first because we know there's always love with mom. There's always hope and there's always a hug. And, yeah, we may get chastised a little bit, but then we, we pour on the tears a little bit more and it all goes away. And we finally get our hug and everything is fine until dad gets home. We stand with me today. When it all comes down to it, it doesn't matter how many vases you broke. It doesn't matter how bad you were at school or how many candy bars you stole. You knew that mama's love would always be there for you. You could always go to her. She would hug you and tell you how much she loved you. It's not to say your father didn't love you or doesn't love you. It just takes a little longer for his love to come out because of all the muscles, you know, so strong. But no matter what you do in this life, you will always find unconditional love with your mother. A man can be on death row for murdering dozens of people, and while everyone is condemning that man to death, somewhere that man's mother is weeping for her son. He is still her son. Even as terrible as that man has become, there is still unconditional love for him at mother's house. And as much as we might not understand it, Jesus, even still, he died for that man on death row. Because our God has such an unconditional love for you and I, for every sinner out there. He died for every sinner. While we were yet sinners, he died for the ungodly. He died for you and me while we were living in sin, while we were doing whatever we wanted to do, when we wanted nothing to do with God, he still loved us. And even even when we knew about God and His ways and we purposely turned our back on Him and, and forgot about Him, God did not forget about us because we are His children and He has an unconditional love uh, for His children. Um, and it's not only found in the heart of God, but it's also found in our mother's heart. Every, every mother, whether she knows it or not, can and does make a difference in the world. She can change the world by raising her children in a godly home, instilling godly principles and standards in her children. A godly mother will change the world through her children. Because Proverbs says 22 and 6, train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart of it. And so teaching our children about God and, and maybe maybe you came to uh, Christ later in life and you raise your children differently than you would would now 
um, that's not to beat yourself up over it. We, we still can just show them the love of God each and every day. Uh, still pour out the unconditional love. There's always love in, in mama's house. And, and so um, teach them how to pray. Teach them about the word of God. And instill an unshakable faith in a child. You can make a difference in this world. 2 Timothy 1 and 5, it says, When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, Timothy, which was first, was dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that it is in thee also. A godly mother, no matter the time she comes to Christ, she can make a difference in this world. By reaching and loving her children and showing them unconditional love. Because uh, there's a little bit of God in every, in every mother and every woman. Uh, the unconditional love and selflessness that they have. This world needs more uh, mothers today to raise up godly children. They, they need to seek the Word of God. The world needs a generation that knows how to pray, that knows what the Word of God says, that knows what the truth is. This world needs more children that know how to get a hold of God and how learn how to respond to God and say, yes, Lord, be it unto me. That should not only be our response, but that should be our children's response. When they hear the voice of God like Samuel, they say, yes, Lord, what is it? Yes, Lord, be it unto me. And that that's how we change this world. That's how we make a difference in this world by just saying, be it unto me, Lord. And when our children hear us say that, they will learn that that is a response that we need to, they need to say to God as well. Our mothers have such a deep hope and faith in their children and they, they believe that their children can, can do anything and that they will change the world. Uh, let me tell you that God thinks the same thing about you. God has a purpose and a plan for you, and that's where he's trying to lead each and every one of us. Sometimes we're a little, we're a little stingy along the way, but hey, I'm here to tell you, God's got a purpose for you. He's got a calling, and we got to be willing to say, be it unto me, God, that I can see what it is that you want to be fulfilled in my life. See, it's those times that you and I fail. When we stumble and fall and we scrape our knees from trying to learn how to do things in life or ride our bike, when we want to quit, out, quit and give up, we find hope and faith in Mama's arms. And she encourages us to, to, to get back out there and go try again and, and to do, do a better job and, and to, to, to be better next time. And so when we're low on our faith, when we're not sure how we're going to make it, we need hope and encouragement. We can always find that in God's house. We can always find that in His presence. Because every step that we take, our mothers are not only are cheering us on, but also God is cheering us on, and God wants His will to be done in our lives. Uh, and so from our mothers, we can see just a little glimpse of the God that we serve and how loving He is, the unconditional love and the embodiment of selflessness that we saw in Mary and that we see in each and every one of our mothers and women here today. Man, I wonder if we can close out this service. I wonder if you want to, just, uh, to get together with your family. 
uh, get together with somebody. If you want to come down to the front, let's let's just come and worship together. Amen. Let, maybe if your mother's here, we want, let's let's pray for our mothers and our sisters that God would continue to bless them, that they would be highly favored above all other women, that they would continue to love us and lead us and cherish us so that we can be the men and women that God has called us to be. Come on, will you do that? Come on, let's pray for your your spouse, your mother, your children. Come on, God has a plan for us today in a future for each and every one of us.
Oh, let's give God some praise. Hallelujah, Jesus. Help us, Lord, to respond and answer the call upon our lives, Jesus. And we can be like Mary and say, be it unto me, Jesus. Help us, Lord, to strengthen our, our homes and our relationships with one another. Hallelujah, Jesus. These next 12 days, amen, we're preparing ourselves, and it's going to take... It's going to take everybody to be involved to see uh, what God has in store. Amen. Not just husbands and wives, but children and homes. We need to be stronger together as a, a family, and that makes us stronger as a church. And once we are in the one mind and one accord, there's nothing that can stop us. Man, we're going to see great things happen in us and through us. Man, but we got to be willing to, to pay the price and just to say, be it unto me, God. I'm going to zip my lip, Lord, and say, whatever you want me to do, I'm going to do, right? My opinion doesn't matter, but your will is most of all important. Amen. God bless you all. We have things for all the, the mothers and ladies. Amen. And uh, we got bunt cakes out there. Um, we want to honor Sister Bruce with some flowers. Man, we love each and every one of you, the mothers. Uh, mothers one day, expecting mothers, all women. Amen. We honor and give you uh, glory and thank you for what you've done and putting up with all of us. And, amen. We love you. Amen. And God bless you all. Amen. You're dismissed today. Amen. We've got uh, bun cakes. There's a bunch of corn out there. We've got corn and don't forget bread. We've got lots of things to take with you today. God bless you all. Dismiss in Jesus' name.